Hello and welcome to the Potters Podcast on a sad day for football as Argentina have won the penalty shootout. So Anne's got a prediction right, Japan failed. Japan can fuck off, that's all I'm going to say. Hello Ange, Stoke won, but the main news today obviously is Argentina won on penalties, which they didn't deserve, the referee was biased, and they won on penalties. Well, it's always good to talk to you Ian, I always love to speak to you because you take me feet with such grace, and um, the one thing I found about the final is I thought the first 80 minutes were so boring, and now everybody says it was the best final of all time. I think the last 10 minutes were brilliant and I think extra time was fantastic. We won the best final ever. And I feel sorry for Jeff Hurst losing his crown as the uh, player that scored the hat-trick of the World Cup final. But at least he can say he's the only one that scored goals out of, you know, in ordinary play without penalties. Um, I'm delighted that Argentina won, not because I like them or France, because I don't like either of them. Uh, but I think Lionel Messi deserved to get some glory because he'd been forever in the shadow of uh, football's greatest cheat. Might have been the greatest player, but the greatest cheat. So I'm glad that now he will be remembered a bit more than um, Maradona. Apart from that, Stoke won. And Stoke came from behind. How yeah. good is that? That's amazing. But... Is Lionel Messi now confirmed as the greatest player ever? Or do you reckon it's still Pelé? Um, I don't believe that you should compare players from different eras, but for me, it would be Pelé. If you, if you did have to do a comparison, it would be Pelé. And um, I think, you know, it's the hard, isn't it, when you're comparing, comparing people from different eras. Pelé played on pitches that were horrendous. He got no protection from referees. He got kicked out in two World Cups. Uh, in, by by dirty fouls, so um, yeah, I'm um, I'm still sticking with uh, our dear friend Pele. And Andy won three World Cups out of four goals. Yeah. The only man right. to win three, 97 hat tricks. You know, Pele for me is the greatest ever. I mean, I can't really judge because I can't. I obviously wasn't around when he played. But Messi, I think, is the greatest of the modern era. I think he's far superior to Maradona in every way as a player. Um, I don't think he has the sort of charisma that Maradona has, but I don't think he has to when you play football. And a bit of history was done last today as well. Brighton have got a World Cup winner. Yeah, and Aston Villa too. I think they've had one before, a few before though, haven't they? I think Aston Villa. No. No? No. Are you sure? I've still got one. Well, we did have a Golden Banks. No, he was at Leicester then, wasn't he? He's still playing for us. Oh, yeah, we've got loads of ones who've won it that way. Then. George Easton. <laughs> George Easton. I have to say, Emmy Martinez, um, he's very good at penalties, isn't he? Irrespective of today. I mean, he got his hand to two of Mbappe's, but he's uh, very good at psyching people out, doing the dark arts of football. But enough of this. I don't want to overshadow a victory which I predicted as well. I'm on a roll um, of beating Bristol. Uh, and more importantly, we came back from a goal behind. We had a bit of luck here, um, where we had no luck before against... And Martinez, he, um, we could do with somebody like that with penalties. He got his hand to two of uh, Mbappe's and uh, he played the uh, something housery part really well. But going back to Stoke, as I said, you know, we had a look with the first goal. Uh, it went off the back of 
Tynan's head, went straight into Dilap's path. Dilap's got his two in two. Um, and, and Jacob Brown's goal was, I thought, a really good finish. Shades of Mark Steen, where you score out of nothing. Things I never thought I'd say about Jacob Brown. And we should have had a third when um, Ty gets the ball just inside their own half and just has a one-on-one foot race with one of their players. But unfortunately, he didn't have the energy uh, to uh, to slot it away. It went right over the stand and could have perhaps got three points for the Bristol Bears today. But look, they won. God, they needed that win, Ian. Yeah, they did need that win, but before we go anywhere, speaking of wins, it is 2-0 on the Prediction League after a 2-1 victory at Bristol City. Ian is now on a 2-0 lead. Excuse me, you better replay what, you, what you've got last week. I know, I'll you repeat you. you. You said 2-1 defeat, I said 2-1 win. <laughs> 2-1... I said 2-1 win. No, you didn't. You said defeat. Anyway, Angela, well, take it on the chin. I've taken Argentina well, on the chin. Credit me, World Cup victory, you had Japan, I had Argentina, that puts me way ahead at the top of this poll. No, no, because that's a different production. Yeah, yeah, you've won the World Cup one, I'll, I'll hold my hands up. But the season <laughs> one, the real one, where it's gritty and it's week in, week out, I'm winning 2-0. And I'm very proud about that. But before we go, in, but before we go anyway, into look, anything else... I, I really don't mind, because, as we said, my word, we needed that win, because... You look at the league now, we're five points from relegation zone and we're five points from the um, promotion playoff zone. It's a really weird league. It's a crazy league. But before we go into anything else about the results, we'll go in with the stats. Possession, we lost that with 51-49. to 49. Shots, they had 14, we had six. Shots on target, they had five, we had three. Corners, three, we had three. Fouls, 13 to them. And then 17 to us. So fouls are really stepping up the mark, aren't they, with us at the moment? But... The dark, the dark arts towards the end were better by us. I have to say, we managed to um, get rid of the last few minutes professionally. And one player, I can't think who it was. Somebody will tell you when they've listened to the podcast. They've obviously got a certain career in bowling because they bowl the ball as far away from the play as possible for a free kick. And it just stayed inside the pitch. It was a wonderful piece of bowling. Crown Green Bowlings is his next career. But it was a... Look, they won. I'm not quite sure how they won, considering the first 28 minutes, we were way, way the best team. uh, But never, ever had a shot on target and played pretty football. And then they have three quick attacks and score with one of them. And I was beginning to get very worried. Well, that goal was Naki Wells, who who's been around the block, let's be honest, and has always been a prolific finisher. And he scored on the 33rd minute. I mean, that goal was, at this time, I probably, is it sloppy defending, in your opinion? I do think we could have done better with the defending. Listen, he took it well. He, he, he managed to get on the end of a bullet cross. But at that moment in time, I don't think there were too many Stoke fans who thought we were going to win this. And when we got the bit of luck in injury time in the first half, I turned to all the people and said, I'd take this now. Never did I think that we were going to win it. Um, did we deserve to win it? I don't care. We won it. And we took advantage of a couple of sloppy mistakes from them, which normally people do to us. Well, that leads to the second goal on the second minute of, it, of it, injury time of the first half. Liam Delap. Yeah, as I say, the ball hit the back of um, 
tire his, his head and he just took it he just took it in his stride and well he did in the net and two and two that'll do for me hopefully now he carries on he got booked he, he gets some, he gets booked for flinging himself in and with some philly silly fouls but uh, look i'd take a foul every game off him if, if he scored yeah, I would too. And then Jacob Brown sealed Ian's 2-0 win with a 57th minute strike. It was yeah, a strike. unfortunately it wasn't 2-0, it was 2-1. But yeah. I know what you're trying to say. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, listen, it was, it was a good goal. Um, he took it well, he deserved his goal. He's coming on, he's playing a wing-back. He isn't a wing-back. Uh, he got beaten for the first goal, uh, which you would expect as he's not a wing-back. But look, he dug in, and um, there you go, we, we won. And those three points, as I say, were extremely valuable. Very valuable. And now everybody's favourite part of it, we'll go into the player ratings. And we go in with a formation change yet again, but we go in with Bonham. Um, he doesn't fill me with a great deal of optimism. Uh, I don't think the defence are settled when he's behind them. I don't think they know whether he's coming out for balls or not. He made one excellent save when we were 2-1 up. Um, he did what he had to do, I guess, so I'll give him seven. Yeah, he gets a, gets a, yeah, he'll get a seven from me, actually. I thought he was all right, Bonham. I mean, he's, he's very suspect for coming for the ball and decision-making, which I think is why the defence isn't trustworthy of him. Um and, you know, he did make a great save to keep it, well, to basically keep it 1-0, wasn't he, really, when he made that yeah, save. Yeah, And I'll be honest, I thought he did all right. I mean, I'm, I'm not sitting here saying he's brilliant, and I think he was a bit daft to get that yellow card as well. But yeah. uh, other than that, I thought he did all right. Right, so now we move into the returning hero, Morgan Fox. I think we look a much better balanced side with Morgan Fox than... Um without him and uh, I'm going to give him a 7-2 I'll go with an 8 actually for Fox he's he's become a bit of a revelation anti-Fox since he's come into this left side I think he's played his best football as a left back when, when I've seen him play but when he plays left centre because he can play with his left foot he just naturally balances that defence out so we aren't got Wilmot running around like an endless chicken and I thought Fox yesterday made some good balls forward. I didn't think he made really any mistakes to be noted. I thought he did well. And he was a contender for Man of the Match for me yesterday, Fox. OK, I'll go with that. Right, return it to the old man. I thought he was on Trenton Gardens, retired, but he isn't. It's Phil Jagielka. Well, he did well yesterday. thought he did uh, really, really well. Did what he had to do. At a couple of times, he... Um, he had a word with the keeper for not coming out for passes, but he almost did what he did in a match previously this season where he gifted the opponents a goal. Uh, but he, I thought he was competent in them giving him a seven. I'm going to go over eight as, with Jaggy Alka, to be honest. I thought when he plays with three at the back and they're a lot quicker than him, or they're naturally quicker, he looks really good, Jaggy Alka. When, he doesn't, when he's not running all over the place because he's being pulled out of position... He's a really steady defender. He's still got it. And I said that before. Um, I mean, his contract's coming up soon. Isn't he? I haven't heard anything about a new contract. But would you, would you take him to the end of the season now Suit was back? I think, I think they will because I think um, 
whilst they'll want to hang on to Suter, if a, if an amount comes in around 15 to 18 million and it suits Suter, he'll be gone. Uh, and with that money, they can uh, use some of it to um, improve the squad. And the first player I think they'll go for is goalkeeper Everson. And they'll have to buy him, he won't be on loan. And they can't do anything unless they get some money in. So you either look at, what what are your saleable assets? Connor Taylor, probably, would he get you much money? Probably around 500 grand. Send some of the loan players back to free up wages. Um, maybe get rid of Flint. It, you're very limited on what you can do um, to get money into this squad without selling Suter. Well, we have got money, haven't we? We just have to wait till the end of the season. I mean, if you keep... Yeah, but what, what do you do? Do you, do you struggle over the line? Right? You struggle over the line and, and just sort of limp over to the end of the season and keep Suter, but now he'll be gone in the summer. Or do you get rid of him now and start your rebuild? Well, I don't think starting a rebuild now halfway through the season ever works. Normally, it's actually a negative. I mean, every team that's been in the Championship that's brought loads of players in in January have either been nearly gone down or gone down. I don't think you well, rebuild halfway to, through. I don't agree with that. If you buy properly, yeah, you pay more. But when you look at what Tony Pulis did with James Beattie, Matthew Everington, Jermaine Pennant, um, some of those players kept us up here. Yeah, but that, that, they were just additions, weren't they? They were only two signings that really made an impact in the first 11 when, when he brought in BT and Everington. Yeah, true. And Pennant was just an added ex. And that's it. I mean, if we, we could bring a few... But, I mean, when we look at the squad we've got now, there's, there's got to be a massive change. There's got to be five or six players in. And we'll discuss this after anyway, because at first, let's go through the player ratings. Right, Harry Suti is next. Harry had a bad game. I didn't think he had a brilliant game. Um, and I'm going to give him a 7 as well. Uh, yeah, I, I didn't like him in the on the right side of the defence. I think he took away his natural game. I think he's better as a middle as the, as the main man. But for understandable reasons, we can't put Jaggy Elker on that right side because he hasn't got the pace. And if he comes up against a wing, it, he's, he's dead in the water. So Suter's going to have to really buck up and just learn it. But I thought he did all right yesterday. He didn't really make any mistakes of notes. Didn't get any stupid bookings. So, yeah, he gets a, he gets a good mark from me. Right, so we move into Josh Tymon. Uh, I thought Josh had a quiet spell in, um, in the first half. Uh, Yeah, it's a lot of sevens. I'm going to go in for six with timing, to be honest, yesterday. Um, okay. Again, I, I, I like him in that more advanced role, where he's more as a left midfielder rather than a left wing back or a, a left back, because he's definitely not a left back. But the problem is, because Smallbone wasn't linking up with him, again, he was completely oh, left don't out. don't get me going. Don't get me going. And... I mean, I still don't understand why he didn't swap Smallbone round with Thompson. I mean, it was a complete, it's a new formation and it works, so I can't knock it. But I thought Timon was sort of left in the wilderness a bit because he, because we know what he's like. If he, if he doesn't get put into the game, Timon doesn't go into the game. It's simple as that. But I thought he did a couple of good touches. He tried, and but for me, not good enough. But he got a six. Uh, Brown on the right sides today. He worked so 
but you'd expect it because he's not a wing back. And more than made up with it, we're getting the winning goal, and I'm going to give him a seven as well because I thought he worked so hard. I'm going to give him a. I'll give him a seven as well. I thought he did. He did all right. He's no. He's no right midfielder. I think we found that out last season, didn't we? Or the beginning of last season when he first came in. Um, but I think he took his chance well when he was moved round, and I just feel that, you know, I don't understand why he put him on the right midfield. I think he looked like to me he was just trying to fit him in for fit him in sake. Um, but I thought he did all right, all right. But he, he's not a right midfielder. That that was plainly obvious yesterday. Yeah. Right now, Jordan Thompson with a more controlling central midfield role today. Uh, well, he's my man of the match for Stoke. I'm giving him an eight. Uh, he breaks up play well. He set up a few moves. He makes, as you said, uh, more commanding. I thought he was good. Eight for me. He's actually getting a nine from me. To be honest, wow. yesterday, Jordan Thompson, I was really impressed with how he controlled the game. <clears throat> he played the way that I expected Baker play. Now, because he played that f- flat five in the midfield with a right midfielder, left midfielder, and then three central midfielders, we look so much better. And I'll be honest, it's going to give, it's going to go into Alex Neal's rating as well because <clears throat> I think we've been messing around too much by putting a cam in and a holding midfielder in when I don't think we needed to. I think we've got three okay. sound central midfielders that can all move around when needed to be. A bit of trust's gone into them there, and they performed. And I thought Thompson was pulling the strings in the middle, dropping back when he needed to, blocking attacks whenever they came through from from the past possession side of Bristol City. And I thought he did really well. And I was really impressed with Thompson as a midfielder because I haven't seen him much as a central midfielder. He's either been a holder or a left winger or a left wing back. But I was impressed and I'm hoping he sticks with the formation and keeps him there because he might grow here. Yeah, yeah, OK. I, I mean, I've always liked him. I've always thought he was a good player. Yeah, no, I, th- I think he's, he's starting to show glimpses that he could be our best player. But speaking yeah. of his best player, apparently it's Lewis Baker. for Lewis Baker same as time and I thought he was atrocious yesterday um, he, he, he wasn't getting he, he, he was hiding again I don't know why this has started or, I don't think he's comfortable where he's playing Ian well but he's played in the same role that he's played all along the right side deeper, of the centre. Though, he? he's playing a bit deeper I mean he wouldn't be my captain anymore I would try and do whatever I could Well, the, the, the problem is what I'm seeing with Lewis Baker is he's starting to remind me of the player that was going out on loan all the time. They just couldn't yeah. get into games, couldn't get going. But the problem is now he's got four years left on his contract. And, he's, yeah, and from what I'm looking at him now, he'd be, to be honest, I've had a look, I've gone through into last week about, you know, the player ratings. You know, he's feared bottom down to our predictions. So he's he's not shining, is he? And that that's the problem. No, no. <laughs> well, then he's there. I mean, shining in our team. We haven't exactly got anybody shining. 
No, but I mean performing. I, I, like I'll yeah. I'll give you an eye mark if you if you ran and did and worked hard. And to be fair to Baker, yesterday he did make some good tackles and try keepers in the game. He, he he did all right, but there was no quality from him. There was no end results. No. There was no running. No. There was no box to box trying to get the ball and move it forward. He looks like a yeah. player that he, he realizes Stoke aren't going to go up, so he's give up. And then he'll go out next season when we improve the team. I think, honestly, Lewis Baker thinks he's a brilliant player himself. I, I wouldn't go that far, but he's certainly not as good as he was. And then we go into a player that I genuinely don't understand why he starts. Smallbone. Yeah, I'm not a, I'm not a massive fan of Smallbone. I think his tricks and flicks don't come off. More often than not, uh, I, I, I just, I, he's one of the ones that it hasn't worked for him, in my opinion, and I would let him go back. Um, I'm just, like, I'm trying to think back of moments yesterday where you'd go, oh, well, he did this and he did that, but I have no moments. I have literally zero moments apart from pass, like sideways passes. He never made a clinical pass, he never made a a clinical run I can't sit here honestly and go he did anything so he gets a five bang okay. middle of the road I, I, the, the problem is is that you know Thompson who we already had has come through and he did amazing yesterday in that midfield but I tell you what if you, if you, I think if he was playing slightly deeper Thompson I think we would have lost that game yeah you got I, I wouldn't have disagreed with you on that right so we moved to the, the first forward uh, Tyrese Campbell. Well, I actually thought Tyrese had one of his better halves for Stoke, but that isn't. I know you're going to give him a low mark. Um, I'm going to give him a seven, although I nearly gave him a six because of that run he did when he was uh, virtually, well, he was running from the edge of his own half uh, near the centre circle uh, and ballooned it over the bar, but. I'm not because it broke down some more time and I thought he looked a bit better than he had in the last few games so he's getting a seven from me. I don't know where you get a seven from. <laughs> Honestly, I, 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 I was, I was going to give him a four to be honest. Well, give him a four then and let's see what other people want to what, think of your, your sort of results, record, points next week. Well, everybody will be happy for me, obviously, for going 2-0 ahead on their prediction game and something that you're very passionate about. But uh, I thought Campbell was pretty woeful. I think he made a good couple of runs, but again, he's out of position again. I'm starting to look at Campbell and thinking, Joe, when we first brought, when he came through and he started shining and stuff like that, he only works in one position, Ange. And that, that is... Yeah, when he comes in off the wing. on the It's the only time I ever see anything of him and yesterday yeah. he played on the left side and you know I think he, I think Alex Neal's thinking was first time hits you know hit it yeah. first time on his left foot run onto it and hit it because he thought there might have been a good link up with timing but yeah it, it didn't pay off but he tried and I do like Campbell as a player I think there's a bit of trickery in it and he is our best finisher really so you know he do, we just need to get him in a position, there every week, and confident. And he'll do well. Yeah. Yeah. I agree. Right. Liam Delap. Yeah. 
to prove that he can play with the big boys. Um, I think he'll be a super player for somebody at some point. I think he'll learn a lot from playing for us. Um, but he scored a goal. He scored two in two now, and I'm going to give him a seven as well. Uh, it gets a seven from me as well. I thought he was brilliant yesterday. The lap. I think he's he's still raw which I understand, but he scored two and two, which for us is the most prolific striker I've seen since Mark Sheridan. Let's be honest, I, I, haven't, I can't remember the last time we had a man who scored two and two. No. It's, it's been a while. And, you know, he's improving now, and that's the thing I'm happy about, is that at first when he came in... He was, oh, that's a while ago. Right, so, you know, it's nice to see him get two and two, and you never know, he might push on now. Because he, he took his chance well, you know, there was, yeah. you know, it could have been a miss or a spoon or whatever, but he, he put it away, yeah. which is all we're asking for from him. And, you know, I thought he, he was decent. And that's where I'm going with that. Right, the subs on the 70th minute, Powell for the lap, who got booted silly again. can give too much but you know I mean if a player comes off and off a bench and scores an actually you've got to give him an eye mark so he's getting a six uh, four from me no five just a five I, I thought he did as you said broke up the play a bit more and I think the ball stuck a bit more when he came on up the top end um, silly booking for me I think I think Powell just needs to get fit but I'm hoping he's going to get fit quick rather than at the end of the season when we're probably going to let him go Right, the substitutes weren't used, which was all the rest of them. Um, Berzik, uh, Flint, Kilkenny, who's back. Fosu uh, Henry, who was dropped. Uh, Taylor and Tezgel back on the bench. Are you surprised there was no other sub? It was a bit strange, wasn't it? Well, I think, um, I think they looked like they were seeing the game out all right. So, uh, I, I wouldn't be that surprised. Um, but... I was surprised. They, they, they seem like they. they I, to be honest, I think they got a rocket up the backside this week yeah, in training ball. Yeah, they showed a bit of bottom yesterday, which they haven't shown quite so much this season. Yeah, um, they, yeah. They, they seemed more settled on the ball. They didn't look panicked when when they went yeah. the goal down. But if, if, if you look at um, we've scored goal, our strikers have scored in the last few matches. matches. What impressed me most about yesterday was how well we managed the game in the second half. And we saw it out 
fairly comfortably, if I'm being honest. Um, you look forward now to the next game against Rotherham, uh, and if we get three points there, I think we should be quite optimistic. Don't say don't say playoffs. Um, we're, we're, we're more optimistic about not having to keep looking for fifty points to stay up. Yeah, which is which is a positive from this season because for me, I think it is just about surviving and getting to next season where we can start spending money again. That's that's where I'm looking to. Um, but the referee, what was your feelings? What are your ratings? I didn't think the ref was bad yesterday. I thought he helped us out on a couple of occasions. To give the ref a hate. An eight. Oh, you get you getting you're getting horrible in your own at AJ and I'm gonna go no, ten. I'm giving, I'm giving the ref an eight because um I didn't think he there was look, compared to the referee last week, he's the best referee in the world. But I'm giving him an eight because I can't remember anything where I thought, My God, this man's a lunatic and we could have lost because of him. So he's getting an eight. Yeah, I'm gonna go over ten. I thought he was brilliant. Why? I just, I just think he was brilliant yesterday. He let the game go. He controlled the game. I, I, you know, there was a couple of times where I'll be honest. I thought Fox gave away a penalty later on, and I thought he did all right. He didn't give it. Well, yeah, but it would have been France today. Yeah, if it was France, if France were playing, it would have been a penalty. But you know, it was, it was luckily for us, Bristol City, and that ref knew what he was doing. Yeah. Right, Alex Neal's rating. Well, Alex Neal was ill. Um, he'd been ill at, he was ill when he came into the press conference on Friday, which was a very short press conference. And to be honest, he looked dreadful. He didn't look any better yesterday. Uh, he still went on the touchline and did his work. I think the best thing you can say about it is they learned from the previous match where they didn't grind out the results. And they ground out the result without playing well yesterday because it wasn't a good performance. And, and make no... Bones about it, Bristol aren't a good team, right? And normally in the last few months, well, the last few seasons, if you remember, we battered Bristol last season and then you got losing 1 0. And we ground out a result. And I think that's um, I think that's the really important part. And you have to say Alex Neal helped with that, so he's getting an 8 from me. Yeah, he's getting a, he's getting a, I'm not getting that high. He's, get, he's getting a 7. I thought the, the performance was, wasn't. Wasn't there, but I saw signs of improvement there. I thought we took his chances well. I mean, earlier on in the season, they would have been ballooned over the bar, but they took him well, especially Browns. I thought Brown took his really well. Um, and I thought the formation change really helped. I thought it helped with the way we played. I think moving that possession into, you know, moving the midfield to be a flat midfield five, I thought really suited us. And we controlled large parts of the game for me. I know we didn't control possession, but I don't want us to control possession because I think we haven't got the players to do that. We haven't got silky skilled players like Chair at QPR and Tarapt and, and these other players. So just get players that can do their jobs. And I thought putting Thompson as the main focal point of the midfield yesterday really worked. And I was very impressed with Thompson. And I'm hoping he can keep that going. Thompson and start yeah, proving. I, I agree with you, Ian. I also think, as we touched on earlier, that uh, we look much more solid with Fox in the team. We have much more balance. Yeah, I mean, this is a player that we wanted gone at the start of the season, and you were saying, get him yeah. gone, get him gone, yeah. his crap. No, you did. No, I, 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 would, I would never say that, Andy. 
Never say that. You're just bitter because I'm 2 0 up. You know what the score is. Right. So we're going into with transfer windows coming up soon. Iverson has come back on the table. Is this game out? Are we going to get Iverson in? Is it, are we going to have this, the big Dane? My belief, and there's no inside information here, my belief is he obviously wants Iverson. Uh, I don't think we'll get him on loan. Uh, if we do get him on loan, which I think is very doubtful, then we've got more players again on loan than we can use in the match day squad. But I don't think we'll get him on loan. I think we'll have to buy him. I think he wants to buy him. If he can't buy him because we've got no money, he'll look where, elsewhere for a loan keeper. But we definitely need a keeper. Uh, Absolutely 100%. I mean, Bonham came in as a third-choice keeper. He's now between the sticks. That can't be doing Bursic any good. I would let Bursic go out on loan uh, if, if Bursic's third order. But, yeah, I'd like us to get a keeper in. And I think it will be Everson, but it will depend if we've got any money to spend. Well, I, I don't think it's going to break the bank, is it? Getting Everson in. I think he's got one I year left on his contract. two or three million which we haven't got. That's not a lot of money, hands nowadays. It's. It doesn't matter, Ian. It doesn't matter if it's a lot of money. We've probably got 500 grand to spend in FFP. Yeah, but FFP's gone at the end of the season, so let's start spending now. we want now. the keeper now. We want the keeper now. You don't want to get points knocked off because you've not, got a, because you've not a, done FFP properly. Well, for me, if we can get him, we can get him. If we can't, then we'll have to stick with Bonham. Simple as that, okay. which I'm not impressed with, I'll be honest. I don't but... think he'll do that. I think we'll have a, co- a goalie in January from somewhere. Well, something's got to happen, Ant. Goalkeeper, for me, is the most yeah. important situation. Yeah. I still think we need a left centre-back. I'd, play Con- I'd put Connor Taylor in. I'd, I'd like Connor Taylor, but I want a left-footed centre-back. You, you know, I think Fox has done a great job on the time he has played in that position, but we, we need a, a proper, decent left-sided centre defender and we, yeah. we, there's loads around in England there's, I mean we've, we've been linked again today with Ryan Porteous I'll get his name right eventually now yes. if Porteous comes in will he will he replace Fox in the team or Jaggy Elke? well I, I think he'd replace Jaggy Elke, but if you look at the loans if you're going to let some of those loans go back which you've already said you would uh you're going to need people to replace them, aren't you? And of those loans, who would you send back? Right. So, uh, go through them with me, Andrew, and I'll tell you if I keep them or not, and then you can make your Clark. decision as well. Who? Clark. No, but you can go back. Kilkenny. He can go back. Dujon Sterling. Uh, no, keep him. Fosu. Uh, I'd keep him. Because I think he's good, but he, I, I don't know, he hasn't been brilliant recently, has he? But I would keep hold of him until the end of the season. Why not? McCarran. Who? McCarran, who's at the Vale. Well, he's, he's, out, oh, he's out on loan, isn't he? Um, yeah. Yeah, keep him there for a season, let him develop. We'll, we'll judge him next season, McCarran. And, and your biggest mate, Will. Will Smallbone? Yeah. Um, I'd keep him because... It'll be hard to replace him. And the manager oh, obviously... What? Yeah, OK. Right. I thought you didn't like him. No, I don't like him. I'd, I'd get rid of him, really. But, but you know, at the end of the day, we can't let all of them go, can we? But it shows how bad the transfer system is, isn't it? That we're looking at all these loans and, all, and none of them have succeeded. And Glapp's only just succeeding. Yeah. 
It is, but it, like I've said before, with players on loan, I'd, they've got to be ones that are ready to go for me. And I think if there's some up there that you know in the Premier League that aren't playing and think, you know, as an opportunity to go somewhere on loan and impress or impress enough yeah. to get a new a move in the summer, then they're the type of people we. I mean, Lee Lee Andrew was a perfect example of that. Once he under Pulis the year before he got promoted, come on loan, hadn't played for two years because of injury. And he was brilliant for us, wasn't he? Yeah. That's that's the kind of player I'd, I'd like to see. A, a, a player that's sort of get, coming towards the end, who's, who's lost his way and needs a loan move to get his career going. The pro- problem yeah. is with Smallbone, he's, he's not played football. This is a real first season for him on a pitch, other than kids' football, and he just hasn't stepped up. I think Harry Clark, I don't really know where playing. He looks, he looks an in and out player. I know he can play right back, right wing, and centre back, but for me, he looks like a right sided centre back. And we need a right back. We need wing backs, not, not a makeshift centre back. So, so even when we're bringing in lone players, we're still bringing in makeshift players. So, you know, for me, we need, we need to make it. What Alex Neal needs to do, he needs to make it an opinion on way, the way we're going to play. Are we going to play the system that worked today? Are we going to play with three at the back and, and wing backs? Or are we going to play with wingers that he played last week against Cardiff? Then you can make decisions on what, what you're going to do in the transfer market. But he's swapping his formation round more than Michael O'Neill at the moment, isn't he? I think he's having to do that because he's got injuries and players that... Um he's not sure about I, I think that will continue to happen and he also as always wherever he's gone he's changed his formation so I don't think that's going to change him well I, I understand plan A and plan B and sometimes plan C but it seems like with him it's E, F, G, H, R, J, K because this is a new formation he hasn't played that, that formation before that's the first no. time and it worked yeah. to be fair it's the most impressed I've been for a while um, right. so if he sticks with that he's got to bring midfielders in especially wingers well not wingers um, right midfielder left midfielders ones who are good at running from deep now timing I think could do that but you've got to get somebody on the left side of centre back over the centre midfield who's going to link him into the play so he's got to look at that as well for me where we're losing games is as midfield Baker's not doing enough enough running. He's not doing enough box to box work. Thompson is brilliant. He's got a brilliant left foot, brilliant possessional player. And then you've got Smallbone that, for me, runs around like an headless chicken doing tri- tricks and skills when there's no one near him. And then loses the ball as soon as he goes up against a, a defender or midfielder or someone who takes possession off him. So, for me, the midfield's got to improve, and that's where the money's got to be spent next season. Yeah. I wouldn't disagree with you. Um, the one 
thing I think we've got to really think about uh, when you're not talking, you know, we're talking about transfers, but in the scheme of things, when you're at Bristol, right, and, and drawing at home or losing at home isn't going to get us anywhere. We, we haven't yet managed to string two or three wins together on the bounce. Uh, we're just going to potter along in, in, in mid-table. So, in my opinion, we need a match winner. You're not going to get a ma- match winner in the January transfer window unless you're very, very lucky. No. I mean, we tried to do that before, didn't we? We showed the Amiobi and Jay Bothroyd yeah. and a lot of other garbage that we bought in that January. It nearly cost us going up them signings, did you know? Yeah. There was a I mean, real saving grace. You know? Yeah, it was a real saving grace that Wigan bought Marlon, Hale, Marlon King. If they hadn't bought Marlon King, we wouldn't have gone up. I'll tell you that right now. Because he stopped Watford yeah, at the top of yeah. the league. Well, second, yeah. sorry. But for me, we've got match winners. I think Liam Dark could turn into one with the form he's in at the moment. We've just got to keep him in the game and keep him going. And that's going to take some skill. And that's going to take some skill. For me, the midfield's got to be fixed. Because for years, the last two, three years, we've, we've got nobody that can control the game. Thompson did a good job of it yesterday. But let's not get carried away. Bristol City are in horrific form and are falling like a stone. But they've got a player I'd take, which is Vyman. I'd take him at Stoke in a, in an heartbeat. Would you? Yeah, I'd take Vyman, yeah. He's he's a good he's always proved to be a very good championship player. Scored... Yeah, I just think his legs have gone. And that's what I think with Gale too. I think, oh Gale's I, I, well we don't know with Gale. We'll, we'll we'll judge him when Alex Neal has a proper go, but for me, the big question we've got to talk about is what is going on with Lewis Baker? Yeah. It's it's got what is going on with him? He's 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 really not taking that leadership role by the scruff of the neck. He's not taking games by the scruff of the neck, and I'm struggling to think where playing. Is. Would you drop Lewis Baker on this current form? Uh, yes, I would. If, if somebody else was fit to play, I don't know that we have enough. I mean, if Laurent played was fit, then I think he would drop Baker. But another positive um, out of yesterday uh, was we looked much fitter. Our fitness levels looked better. Now, that might be as a result of doing all that training when it was the uh, winter break. But there's, you know, there, there are positive signs. Listen, we could go to Rotherham next week and play like an absolute drain and, and lose, and we'll be back to where we were. But at some point, we've got to start putting a run together. Um, and I don't think that will happen with the current midfield, as you say. No, I, I don't think our midfield's strong enough. Like I've been really studying it at the moment to try and figure out where our problem is. And for me, it's our midfield. It, it, it's weak. It still is weak. And Baker hasn't turned into the player we expected. We thought he was going to be the powerful running box-to-box player that could get the ball at the top end and then take the odd chance. He hasn't been anywhere near a goal for a while, I don't think. I can't remember the last time he scored. Um, but for me, we've got to have to look at maybe bringing one or two midfielders in to improve that. But that means that we'd probably have to let Smallbone go. It'll be a faff that the club doesn't really want at this moment in time. Because I don't think there's many more loans we can bring in, is there? No. Well, so, not without seven You can bring as many ones in as you like, but you can only have so many in the match they squad. Yeah, that's what I mean. So, but it makes it difficult. We've got an entire team full of bloody loans. So it's like one week, one summer in, summer out. It doesn't really make a lot of sense. Um, 
Right, so next we've got Rotherham. What do you think? I think we should beat Rotherham. We um, said this beforehand. I think we are draw. You think a draw? Now, come on, score. Remember, you've got to put your score in. 1-1. Is this you coming and getting yourself back in? It's getting you off the mark. First one right. Well, it won't be the first one right, because you won't say it's right when we do it. No. Well, I'll be 1-1, yeah. Right, so it might be 2-1. I'm going to go... I'm going to go another 2-1 win. OK. I'm going to go win. 2-1 win. It's going to be back-to-back, and we're going to fly up that league. But discussing Rotherham... They're an alright team, aren't they? they? I think they were better than we expected, weren't we? Especially when we played early on the season, because you completely ripped them off. You thought we were going to win 8-0, and we ended up losing 1-0. I'm beginning to wonder where your delusion's coming from. But, uh, well, listen, we won, and, I, and they weren't much better than I thought, but they're, to, they're struggling, aren't they? They are, but, you know, defensively they're strong. It's just a quality, they've got no quality, have they? But let's be fair, in this FFP world where no one can spend money... They are they're struggling to bring those kind of players in. I think they'll stay up. I'll be honest with you, unless there's going to be a real turnaround down the bottom. I don't think at this moment in time, when when you're five points off the top and five points off the bottom, in Brewer, example, by the way, that you can write anybody off. I mean, look at West Brom five matches ago; they were dead and buried and going down, and they're above us now because they won five out of five with Coburn as manager. Yeah, but that that was that was always going to happen. West Brom were never going to stay down there. It was Steve Bruce who's you know a done manager for me. It's just that's probably finished him off. But yeah, like like I say, with with our situation, is that can they progress it? And I think Burnley are just going to be an odd task, and I think they're going to start going now. Well, you look at Burnley, and then you look at Watford, and Watford have got that star who. Yeah, we, we've got... For me, I'd rather just see Tez Gell come off the bench now. I mean, sh- surely we could probably get Gale out on loan. You know? I don't, think to, I don't think he wants to get Gale out on loan. You won't get him out on loan in the boots anyway, will you? No, because for me... I, I, again, it's one of them where I don't understand why we bought Gale in. I, I don't... Because he, he plays in a particular way. He plays in a way where he plays off the shoulder, it runs through and score, scores goals. We haven't got the players to play alongside that. We haven't, we've barely got players that can create our chance, never mind threading ball, balls through defences and getting a striker away. You know, because that was the problem with Benny Kofobi. Um Benny Kofobi is a player that plays on the shoulder and likes to break in and get one-on-one with goalkeepers. But unless you've got a player that can play a ball down the middle... It's completely a waste of time. So, Gale, for me, we know he's a good finisher, and I think, you never know, we might get a couple of goals out of him. But if we can get shot at the end of the season, you've got you've got think that. Yeah, I don't think that's going to happen. Um, I
Yeah, um, Jeff is, yeah. He, he put a congratulations to Mbappé out, uh, saying he'd had a great run himself as, as the only person. Um, but as far as I'm concerned, we will... When you look at the players, the reason I'm mentioning somebody like Mbappé and Jeff Hurst, we've had uh, some great players of note in the past, and you can go to more recent times in your lifetime. Uh, in my time, we had Sharon, we had Steen. In my time, we had John Ritchie, Jimmy Greenoff. We've had some prolific goal scorers. In your time, uh, Bojan did a good job for us. Arnautovic did a good job job for us. But they weren't prolific, really. Fall for you. I mean, the only the only prolific well, Jacob, Brown, Jacob Brown's the nearest we've got to a prolific goal scorer. The point I'm making is, you go over the years, and we haven't had really major prolific goal scorers since. Sharon and Steve. Yeah. But we've had other players that contributed. We haven't got those players now. No, and we so haven't. So you have to, put, have to put your pot and just try and, okay, if we can't score three, we have to make sure we don't concede three. And our defence isn't as good as it used to be either. So we're going through one of those phases now where it's... Uh, the rebuild's been going on for, what, five, six years, seven years? A long time, a long time. Yeah, but you look at the under-21s, and the under-21s, uh, Tesco got a late equaliser today. We were actually one up. Uh, and, and, and whatever you think of the Arsenal, they have produced good players over the years. And you, you think, of, OK... Um, we played, we played Arsenal today, we drew two each. We have to wait now to see if they're in the knockout stages of the Premier League Cup. But they, they got a point, and they're now five points ahead of third place Burnley. They've got two games to play, and they're the only team that can catch us. But we look like we are going to win, because Douglas James-Taylor is another one that nobody talks about, um, is a player of note. And when you look at him and M. Tassel, um, you've, you've got... A nucleus of players that are coming through that could be very good for this football team. So I really think that whilst the future is not bright at the moment and we've not got a prolific player, I think that Tesgill will be a great player for us. I think uh, James Taylor will be a good player for us too. And we've got a few other players that can come through and, and, and do well for us. Um, it's uh, times are looking good for us in a few more years it's just getting to that point at the moment yeah it's for me the next summer is probably going to be, would be a defining summer for me this summer I genuinely do because the, the FFP is going to be off we can sort of spend I mean people say you can spend within your means but you don't really have to you can spend whatever you want as long as as long as you can justify it in three three years but I don't want to go nuts but you know I would like to see us go out and have a go next season and then bring these young lads into the into the fold. You know, the problem is for me is that the experienced players are the problems for me. You know, like your Klukas's, your, your Jagielka's, your Flint's, your Gales, they aren't performing. And But that's been the case for a while now when we brought players in. They've been players that are very wavy in the form. I mean, Baker's not performing now. So is Baker going to be one at the end of the season where we go, oh, we're going to have to loan him out for one, two, three years because he, he just doesn't want play? You know, that's the disappointment for me. The youngsters have been our saving grace. If it wasn't for Campbell, um, 
Suti, Collins, not so much Basic, and a few other the academy players, or have come through the academy, Suti and many others, we'd be in League Two now. Yeah, it's dead right. But when you look at somebody like Collins uh, and the money um, the money we got from selling him, do you think that that money's been spent wisely? Mm, well, they haven't spent any money, have they, really? Apart from loan fees and... Well, that's what I mean, sir. Oh, no, not really. No, it's been spent all, yeah. I don't understand why you think they'll spend it differently in the future. Well, I'm just hoping that this Ricky Martin... Well, I, I haven't got much hope, Anne, because I think it'll be the end of the coach family at the end of next season, but we don't know yet. We've got to stick behind it and see what happens. But if, if things don't drastically improve next season, then, yeah, where do we go then? There's only one piece. Well, that's it. The, the famous be careful what you think for, I think of, um, and what you wish for comes out of the, the woodwork, doesn't it? Yeah, but I, I want to see a team worth watching, Ange. That, that's, that's all anybody wants. wants. We want... I mean, like when when we got promoted with Pulis, I mean, we had we had Lawrence, we had Foley, we had, and they weren't glamorous players, they weren't. But you know, they, we loved them. You know, I Everington's my favourite Premier League player because of how consistent he was and, and the graft he put in. You know, a lot of people say it's like people for me, large people who didn't really go a lot before the Premier League, they talk about like Shakiri and Bojan and and Arnautovic, but. All three of them had a problem. They were lazy and they were in, they were inconsistent. That's why they haven't had careers before or after Stoke, really. You know, yes, Shakira's yeah. won two Champions League, sat on a bench. You know, Bojan was a, an academy player when he won his trophies with Barcelona, but he was still an academy player. He, he, he's done nothing after. I mean, look at Bojan's career. He had to retire at 31, near enough. Yeah. You, you know, yeah. and he had no... He only had one bad injury, which was at Stoke. So... You know, for me, people do get overshadowed by what is. But we'll go in again just one more time. So what's your prediction for the Rotherham game? Mm, one each. One each and Burnley. One each. One each again. Right, I'm going to have us beating Rotherham 2-1 and I think we'll lose 2-0 to Burnley. So I should be 4-0 up by the next time we do a pod, Ange. Well, I don't think you will be because um, I think my World Cup... It is worthy of at least a mention of winning something. You've, oh, Ange, you have won the World Cup one. Don't worry about that. Well, you're not counting that as a win. That's just now gone. Cast aside for four years. No, that, you've got that now for four years. You are the world champion of predictions of the World Cup till next next time when Japan, the mighty Japan, bounce back. <laughs> but... Well, that's, that's the in good stead. Uh, just a quick one about the women. Yeah, the women, that's it, next. Weather. So when's that? Is that going to be? It? What, what well, ground is that going to be? We've got to beat Leeds. We've got to beat Leeds first, uh, and if we beat Leeds, that that match is supposed to be uh, on the 29th of January 
Arsenal. So that was a chance that could be on telly? Yeah, I would hope so. Is it at home? Is it away? Where would it be played? It's away and it'll be at Bournemouth Wood, which is where they where they will play all their matches. Right, come on, let's sort the balls out. We're going. We're going to go down. If yeah, we get... If... I'll be there on the bus. I'll, I'll get your seat on the bus to come and support us. If the big if is... Yeah, we've beat Leeds. Yeah, we've beat Leeds. Yeah, we've beat Leeds. And hopefully... Because it'll be a big incentive for them. But it's going to be a big incentive for us too. And I think we're about done here, aren't we? Uh, that's it, we're done, yeah. We're done. Another one done for the week. Um, I'm 2-0 no, up. said 2-1 Stoke against Rotherham and we'll lose 2-0 to Burnley. Right, well there's nothing like being positive. I guess we have to wish Stoke all our listeners a very Merry Crumble, don't we? Yeah, everybody who listens, we always thank you for your support and listening to the party. It means a lot to me. I don't think it means a lot to Ange, to be honest. I don't think she cares as much. Or do you, Ange? You get yours said. The one thing you can always guarantee with Ian, our dear podcast listeners, is he knows my mind better than me. I've, um, I've been found it very enjoyable doing these podcasts. Uh, if nothing other than realise that um, it isn't just me that talks fucking dribble. I talk nothing but sense, and you know that very well. So, everybody, I wish you a happy Christmas and not New Year, because we'll speak to you before the New Year, and then we'll wish it you then. It's not because I'm miserable, just <laughs> just do it then. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks for listening, everybody. Have a lovely Christmas.